Okay, so, equity fee story. Andrea Hartmann, I nearly said doctor. Not, not, not quite. Not quite. Like I said, that last week. Yes. <laughs> good news. So, prior to that, I thought it'd be good to get this done. Currently teaching New Testament and Greek, Introduction, Intermediate, and Advanced. Lots of Greek. Lots of Greek. Are you going to be able to do this in English? Pardon? Um, <laughs> story. German, Greek, English. Within Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Topics. Right. So background is where we normally start. So yes. where we start Germany. In Germany. I'm from I'm from a little country town in Germany. Uh, my dad's a teacher, my mom's a nurse, my grandparents um come from the working class, so all of my female ancestors basically have worked. Um my my parents' generation, the first one who got to any kind of higher level education. Um, yeah, that's where I'm from. My parents were not Christians when I was born. Um, my mum kind of had her, the typical German Christian, I belong to a church kind of beliefs. I think she always believed in God, uh, but there was no personal relationship. And my dad, I think he was open to the idea of God, but there wasn't much Um so I think the first big turning point for us as a family was when my dad, when I was nine, um, came to faith uh, through um, evangelism. Um, and then the whole family kind of moved into, into church, um, coming from a, from a town that, or an area in Germany that is, has strong roots in pietism. Um, so we're talking western half of Germany. Western half, southwest, yeah, one okay. of the richest areas actually of Germany, I think. Um, not Bavaria, the other one, but both of them. Um, yeah, and um, strong roots in Christianity. And uh, the town where we live, or where I was born and my parents lived in the day, is not their hometown. Um, they moved there. Um, and it's a really Christian kind of town. So lots of Christians <laughs> around. My best friend since uh, since uh, our second year in school together. So it's over, I don't even know, 35 years now that we're friends. She came from a Christian family or um, already invited me to lots of Christian stuff. Always said no. Um, but yeah, then my dad came to faith, my mum with him. They went to their first Bible group. Uh, we as a family started going to church, or my sister and I, um, to um, Sunday school. And that's how my faith journey kind of started. It didn't feel like much of a difference when it came uh, coming to values. My parents were... Not a huge culture shock. No, it was very... The values were kind of the same, just without God. It's very humanistic kind of background. And so I don't think that I saw much of a change in in our behavior as a family it was more the the kind of people we engaged with were different um and, and church just became part of who we were as a family and from a very early time and i remember even before uh before that my mum on sundays we didn't go to church but my mum on sundays read us bible stories um because as i said she had this kind of faith and um I very quickly became this annoying kid in Sunday school that knew every story <laughs> after the first word, whoever was doing it, for saying it. And up to this day, I don't actually know where it was coming from. 
because I didn't read all of it. It just, it, it felt like it was suddenly there. So this is how I remember it. So we were always really interested in the stories of the Bible um, and especially the narratives of the Old Testament and then, of course, everything um, to do with Jesus. But yeah, um, that's how I go into. Um, and this is Lutheran Church? Yes, kind of. It's very complicated in Germany. Yeah. So we have the overarching Protestant um, church and each of the member states, um, and even within the member states. So my member states actually has two Protestant churches. They all have this one hat, but they all have different liturgies. And my uh, liturgy is, we don't have Lutheran in the name, we're just Evangelisch. Um, and it, I've looked it up in my first year at LST because I had no clue on our stances on the Eucharist and so on. And realized we are a mixture of Zwinglianism and Lutheranism, which is really oh, fun because that shouldn't work, but that's how it worked back in the day. So how would you decide it? Uh, I don't want you to argue about anything. Here is one theologian, another theologian, um, put them in a room and said, come up with a liturgy. And that's how oh. we ended up. Um, so yeah, that's the background. And was it two services on a Sunday? One. One service on a Sunday. Yes. And then a youth group. During the midweek? Yes. Uh, so um, I didn't go to the... I was a very shy kid. So uh, it took my my friend a long time to get me anywhere. So I started going to groups, groups, midweek groups in my in my teens. So not before that. But Sunday school was a big thing uh, for me. We had... Um, it was always after the service. We had our own after service thing. And it was, yeah, really great. So um, a lot of my... First years was formed by my Sunday school teacher. And where would you, would you look at moments of you coming into the faith, or is it for you looking back, is it just a journey into the faith? It's always kind of a weird one because I was already nine, so I know what kind of before and after, even though it wasn't much of a difference. But then you kind of feel like you've grown up in a in a Christian family. Uh, but for me, one of the significant events in my hat was my uh, confirmation, which um, in Protestant churches in Germany happens at the age of 14. Um, and you have your classes beforehand. And it was this kind of, okay, this is actually my chance to say yes to this whole kind of thing and do my own kind of decision. I was baptized as an infant. I struggled a bit with the fact that my parents were not really Christians at the time um, when they baptized me, uh, but that was a, a later issue. So that was... A, a big, big thing. And uh, I made this yes, a very clear yes. This is my, I, I, I believed in Jesus and God before that, but it was my official yes in front of people. And what happened like, roughly a month after that is that I got really, really ill. Um, came home from school, they for a long time didn't know what it was. Doctor came at one point, sent me to the hospital, went into hospital. They they were thinking about probably was an appendicitis, which it, which it actually was. But my symptoms were so weird that they didn't know for quite some time. And when they finally uh, did uh, the surgery, uh, it had already burst. And um, basically my whole inner stuff was already inflamed. So um, a few hours more and I would have been dead. Um, and that was, um, I don't think that I realized in the moment, but for me, that started a really dark time. I was really weak. I lost around 
I need to talk kilograms, 15 kilograms. And um, I was basically skin and bones at that point, really weak and um, really frustrated with God because I had made this big commitment said yes. And the first thing coming after that was this. Um, I was really, really tough um, in the hospital. I felt really depressed looking back on it. Um, I had suicidal thoughts coming out of the hospital because of pain and stuff still going on. It was not an easy healing journey as well. Um, and it was the year um, my parents had planned a family holiday in Israel. And I was always um, into all of this already. And I really looked forward to it. But I remember this thinking, I will not make it. Even when we sat on the plane, my thinking was, this plane's going to crash because this is how life's going at the moment. Um, and then we were there. We ended up there. Um, it, it was it was a great journey because for me, it became a healing journey um, in the place where Jesus actually healed people. Um, and I think this is where my love for uh, the first century uh, stuff really um, started. My sister hated it. She's three years younger and she thinks of this holiday as a lot of old stones. And I think, yes, a lot of old stones <laughs> are really great. But, but yeah, um, I got physically well again during that time and the depression lifted. Um, it wasn't easy after that because I'm still um, carrying uh, a scar that is that long. Um, and I remember thinking oh, I'm damaged for life. Uh, so it's also kind of when you're in your teens, there is also a bodily um thing that goes with it so it wasn't that everything was well after that holiday but it started a journey and I think that was the actual beginning of my faith journey not the yes that I I thought I did in front of people it was God meeting me there um and I remember in in the hospital I had this one mission where I was in this deep dark pit and I saw Jesus up there holding out his hand um, to um, draw me out. And it took me a while to actually take his hand. But yeah, I think that was the beginning of my journey. Um, and from there, it became a very personal uh, relationship. So then were you doing some ministries at church? Were you helping out with Sunday school at church, that kind of stuff? Yes, um, that was most, yeah. So I started doing Sunday school around the same time then. So just after confirmation, that's the kind of thing where you started, of course, supervised by others. And I did that basically till the year I came to LST in 2014. And for the last few years, I was heading up the whole team. And I'm talking a Sunday school that back in the day when I went there, we still had around 150 children attending on a Sunday and even when I left, it was still a group of, I think, 20 volunteers I'm, I was heading up um, and still quite a lot of children coming. Um, still up to today, there's still good, a good number. But yeah, but I also started doing youth groups, um, youth services, so the whole kind of thing. Although you're not the most extroverted of no, individuals. But, um. I, I think I found my place. Uh, I found my place there, and once I'm comfortable with people, that's fine. It still takes a lot of energy standing up in front of people and preaching to youngsters, but um, it was this kind of uh, 
once I do it, I can do it. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, it takes energy, but I loved it. And I had good people around me and a good team around me. And so, yeah, that was fun. And I, I also was always a person. I stepped back from a lot of things because I realized as long as I'm there, no one else will develop. So said, okay, done that for a while now. I still could do that. But I think there are others who would be able to develop their abilities. So I stepped back from a few things a bit earlier as well. First degree was? In teaching. In teaching at local university or did you travel? Uh, no, it was local because um, back in the day, I was not yet ready to leave home. So uh, it wasn't my first plan. My, my dad's a teacher, so I know teaching is not an easy profession. And uh, I always told everyone um, that I would never become a teacher. Um, yeah, looking back on it. <laughs> but a lot of people also in church, because of what I was doing in Sunday school, um, said you have the abilities and there are talents there that you should look into. But for me, it became the safe choice, the security choice the security option and um, I went to the university my dad studied as well which is only an hour away from us so I could um, commute there um, yeah so that was my so was a degree in teaching or was a degree in something else um it's a bit different in Germany than it is here so you study uh, uh teaching or pedagogy and then you have your uh, subject so study German and I studied theology um, because um, I became a religious education teacher, which doesn't really match the system here as well. So I was uh, teaching a Protestant um, theology in school. And then is LSD the next big step or the uh, no, other experiences on the way? There were experiences on the way. So I left my church actually when I was 18. Um it had a lot of upsides, but it was very, very conservative. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, preaching of women, for example, was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, uh, it was fine doing it in, in, in youth services, but I already had people telling me you need to be careful what people might say. Uh, but it also was very legalistic. We have a really, really strong foundation on the word, which I appreciate, but um, it can become quite judgmental. Uh, and if you're not doing it a certain way, um, you're in and out. And I started um, my journey at a secular university in theology and had the experience of, okay, if I'm talking about what I'm experiencing at university with people, they're telling me you're no longer a Christian just by thinking about some of the things they're telling you. And on the other side, I had the experience at university that everyone was telling me, can you actually believe what's in there? So you are naive. So I was dealing with this kind of pressure from both sides, which led to me for for one semester, I couldn't even open my Bible anymore because each time all of the voices came and I couldn't deal with it. And it took quite some healing and finding other people who were in the same situation as I was um, to go through that. And um, while being in youth group, um, the marriage of um, friends of mine broke and no one knew because no one cared enough to know. Um, and I was close enough uh, to, um, to him that I knew about what was going on. But for me, it, it felt so weird 
that we were talking about all of this Christian stuff and love each other and we were not even able to share the stuff, the real stuff that was really going on. So there was, I felt a lot of hypocrisy going on. And all of that came together with me feeling I need to breathe somewhere else. Uh, it was it was choking me. Uh, and God let me out of it. Uh, various things. And I went to a more kind of youth or young adults church in the next biggest city, which for me, again, introvert, I was a completely, that was a God thing because I would never have done that without, without being pushed out uh, to. And this is where I, um, for the first time, preached um, other than to, um, to just not just young young adults or uh, teen teenagers, but I was an official preach on Hosea 11. I still know that. Mm. Um, I let, That's the first and last time I let worship. <laughs> it was a growing experience for me. In Germany, we have a lot of apprenticeships, and it felt like uh, it was an apprenticeship moment being outside. I, I still lived with my parents in the town, so I still knew what was going on. But having a whole kind of different um, outlook on how you can live your Christian life outside of the bubble you've lived in for so long, that was, yeah, was eye-opening. Started, uh, met some good friends there, did a lot of uh, work with um, women. Um, so we started um, a summer camp for 14 to 18-year-olds near Berlin, living together. Uh, in a flat share, kind of, that was the concept. And yeah, just sharing life and faith, that was the concept. And I did that for quite some time, which was also a brilliant experience. And another thing I, I never thought I would do, but yeah, God pushes me out now and again. And then he pushed me quite far. Yeah. And that was when I came to LSD. I'd reached a point in my life where a lot of things uh, I had expected to happen didn't marriage was one of them and there was some heartache and God said it's time to move on it's time to move out of here again I had returned to my home church after uh, a few years because it was time to to challenge some of the things that were happening and not just to move away and um, let them be um, which I did for some time but then again God kind of I think he set me free out of that um, saying okay it's time for something new and the big question then was, what's the new thing that is to happen? Um, and what came back is, what what do you want to do? And I had finished my first degree at that point. I was teaching for six years. Uh, everything was fine. I even, if you're a teacher in Germany, you have the full life in your title. So that's a done deal. So you're doing that for the rest of your life. Um, uh, and I'm a security person. That's a quite nice thing to have. So I didn't expect any change in that area. Um, but I always had thought about how cool it would be to study theology again. Uh, because uh, as hard as the journey was, I enjoyed studying theology, especially biblical studies. And had always thought, if I have some time at one point, it would be nice to do that full time. And so God said, okay. Uh, let's see. And uh, I remember it was one morning around Pentecost where I just woke up in the morning and had the feeling and get your laptop and just enter Bible College in London because I was really into English at that point. I thought that would be a nice kind of combination. And LSD was the first website that popped up. And one one thing I really wanted because of the scars I got from my first experience at a secular university is that I wanted to study theology in 
a surrounding where people actually believed. Um, and uh, prior was more than self-reflection or the resurrection actually happened and was not just some kind of metaphor, which are the things I've heard during my first degree. Um, and a lot of the things I read on the website, like, you know, worship and prayer and stuff, I thought, yeah, that's it. And I took a big leap of faith because I didn't come from an open day. I just applied. And basically, the day I arrived here was my first day at LST. I <laughs> never seen the building before. I was coming in here. I had no clue what's going to happen. Yeah. To beauty. Jean-Marc Heimerdinger. Oh, right. Old Testament. Yeah, Old Testament guy back in the day. was then also my Old Testament lecturer in first year. I, that was good because I knew that he was not a native English speaker because one of my biggest fears was that English would not work out. Um, even though I knew that my English was good, but again, I'm doubting my abilities quite a lot most of the time. So that was one of the big things. And just knowing that he experienced that as well was helpful in my interview. So what year was it you came? 2013? 2014. 2014 you came. Yes. Like okay. a while ago. Now. <laughs> so uh, where do you want to go with your NST and beyond journey? Do I need to step out at this point? No. Why are you? No. <laughs> LST was one of the hardest experience I, I had. So I was... I was... 33 when I started and I, I thought I, I've got this sorted I know who I am now um, uh, but what happened when I started was all of the herd from former experiences and I was never one of the cool ones or one of the people in the in-group ones and all of this kind of stuff turned up again and as loving as this place is we have our colleagues and we have the fear of, of losing out. And it was really hard. And then you're a mature student, uh, international. Uh, I, at the beginning, struggled with language because people speak very quickly. Right. <laughs> just lecturers, but just gently. And it's up to this day, it's still really difficult for me when I'm sitting um, at lunch. And it's there are so many background noises. It takes so much more concentration than just listening to German. Um, so I remember the first month was really horrible. I, I was in my room a lot. There were tears. I loved all the lectures. So that that is why I was there. And that is, I knew that was the thing that would keep me going. But I, I just, I didn't arrive um, in the community. And, and then in November, I went to London. It was, it was a summer day. I remember that, sitting on a bench, and going over everything because it was a difficult decision to come here to give up my secure job. My parents were not happy. So there was a lot of, of stuff that was still unresolved. Uh, sitting there thinking, but yes, this is the place where God wants me. And then slowly things changed. Um, and then someone asked me what I wanted to be on committee. And for me, that was the big, big turning point because and from that moment onwards, I was no longer someone looking at the community, but I was someone serving the community and in the community. And for me, it's always easier if I have a certain kind of job description to actually engage. Otherwise, as an introvert, you just tend to go to your room. But 
I, I couldn't hide because I had to do the notices every day. Um, and uh, I, I was the secretary of a 20-year-old Pentecostal. Um, Black we, Pentecostal. Black Pentecostal. Yeah. And it was a perfect fit because we learned so much from each other. But that was also because I, I had to be the organizer and the administrator and keeping track of everything that was going on. That freed him to do what he was best at. And yeah, it was it was a great it was a great time. It was difficult. Um, we were a really mixed mixed committee. It was one of committee. you. We were not best friends. Um, yeah. I love all of them dearly, but yeah, we were very different people. Mm. Um, and it was a very difficult year for this place as well. There was lots of fears, and people were made redundant. There was lo a lot of had in the community. We lost all this, uh, and um, Mitchell House that happened. Uh, towards the end so there was a lot of uncertainty and, and and carrying all that but in all of that I think I was I was the one person in committee saying God's not done with this place yet I'm 100% sure because he's not done with me in this place yet and so yeah that was um, my undergraduate years and it became very very clear very early on that it would not just be that those three years it would and carry on beyond that. I'd already thought, because I already have a theology degree on a master's level, more or less with my first degree. And it was um, almost, I was almost sure that God might want to push beyond um, the undergraduate. So yeah, I applied for the PhD, um, got in and stayed. Well, that took longer than expected. But um, I think, probably shouldn't say that out loud in an official thing. I think for God, it was never about the outcome. It was always about the journey. And it was more about me being here in this place than actually getting uh, um, the PhD. It's, it's, it's nice and it's good. <laughs> I think um, for me, it was the last seven years have been ministry for me, staying on site um, for my whole journey being around at breakfast and uh, some of you know me from the classroom some of you know me from breakfast and outside it's just being here um some of people have called me the founder of all wisdom in this place I don't think that I am just someone who knows how things have worked because I've done the undergraduate journey I know how this is but I've, I also can look at it from a lecturer perspective from the other side and that has been my place for the last years and you've been to the local church through that time that's one of the difficult journeys still I have been um so I, I had a placement church as every one of you had in my first year and then started going to Emmanuel church um and because I went back home every break to Germany I also went of course to my home church in Germany and I was al always being split in two and um just before COVID hit um, I realized that I was really, really unhappy with my church situation and needed to change something. Because uh, the church is not the most loving place for a middle-aged, introverted, single woman. Let's put it like that. Um, and after having been asked after five years attending a church where I was here for the first time, yes. um, it was just this kind of, and I knew it probably would have been different if I'd done 
any kind of ministry within the church, but it just didn't have the capacity outside of my studies and being here and being present here. Um, I couldn't. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I was in the process. I had visited uh, two or three churches at this point and, and didn't have a feeling any of them really. I didn't even know what I was looking for, to be fair. And then COVID hit which solved the problem because I didn't have to look for uh, a physical place any longer. Um, I could join um, the services of my home church, which I did, uh, was back in Germany for most of lockdown anyway. Um, and I have never made it back, which still is hurtful because I really and truly believe in going to a local church. But there is something in me and I still need to work that through with God and that prevents me from going to a physical place at the moment even my home church um, had some painful experiences there as well I'm watching services every Sunday uh, I'm not just consuming them I'm part of I know what I pray for because with my home church I know the people quite well because I've worked with them quite well I know it's not an ideal situation but that is as it is at the moment and you're Teaching, as we said right at the beginning, is very much into the Greek and New Testament Greek and, and that kind of stuff. So with that story of yourself, what is, would you say, is the relationship between yourself and your teaching? Oh, that's a good question. Um, but it's the, the, the teaching just happened. Um, <laughs> I guess I think the connection there, no matter the, the subject, is... Um, God has created me as a teacher. Um, it's one of the things, one of the few things I can confidently say I'm good at. You are an amazing teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something where that comes quite naturally to me and did even before my education in the field. Um, so for me, it was a real blessing when uh, John Dennis, uh, who was the Greek teacher at the time, between my undergraduate year and starting my PhD, asked me whether I could do introductory Greek because he didn't have enough time. They were looking for someone. I had done, I had just done Greek with him, and he was impressed by my abilities in Greek, and he knew I, I, I had been a teacher. And I said yes relatively quickly because it was a great opportunity, and um, yeah, I love being in the classroom, and. Um, languages um, come easy to me so that's also something I'm good at but I think why teaching Greek means so much to me um, is I think I've said that in in the introduction for you level fours it's it's the language that people read about Jesus but also talked about Jesus back in the day and understanding the language of people um, gets you closer to them and I, I my overall interest outside of teaching Greek is the first century and how people lived and breathed and thought and were around Jesus. Um, it's not, I want to know how the women around Jesus um, felt, how that worked out with the men. I want to know how this crazy bunch of disciples who shouldn't work together, because look at them, um, work together. And um, yeah, how people encountered Jesus. Um, when he was still around and then also how they did church after he was no longer and how they figured things out um, at the beginning that's where my interest is and language is a big part of that so I think that fits well so your PhD in Romans 16 junior 
Um, and that, by the sounds of things, needs to be written up. Um, what's what's next in terms of research? Is there, are, is there ideas about things, questions you want to? Yeah, I think for once it's it's writing up Junior's story and also writing it up in a way, not just the academic way. So I think there definitely needs to be also something um, more on a popular level. Um, not because I think... It's one of the things, my thesis is about one of the women leaders of the early church, but for me, it was never about the question of women leadership. It is part of the puzzle, but it is about the heart of what was it like as a woman back in the day being a Christian and proclaiming Christ outside on the street when you risk imprisonment and with imprisonment, the possibility of sexual abuse and so on. And what, why, why um, back in the day did this this specific woman take the risk and why do our sisters in Iran take the same risk for example so also making the connection and I think it will be along those lines I'm currently thinking about looking into the question why it was not shameful for women to follow Jesus um, because what I've realized during my research is that we have a lot of perceptions about how things work back in the day and then you start realizing Actually, maybe Judaism wasn't as harsh on women as we thought, or there it wasn't as scandalous or knew that um, a group of women walked around with a teacher and just looking into that a bit more. It's one of the smaller projects. But there are also some other people I would like to use the methodology I use that. Barnabas is a great person to tell the story, looking at, okay, coming from Cyprus, why does he have a field in Jerusalem or wherever? And what does he do after Paul, after he's no longer with Paul? So it's it's figuring out those stories and telling the stories because you think looking at the stories of the people back then, we realize a lot about our stories and what it really means to follow Jesus um, radically um, in various situations. Thank you very much. That is Andrew. Happy face to